1: And two days away from the Grizz and the Cats. It is to tell nuanas on 1029 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. We are alive, coming to you from... Hello, Stockman's Bar downtown. We are on Front Street at Stocks. Come on down. Hang out with us for the next couple of hours. You still got time to put your name in the box if you would like to win tickets to the Grizzly-Oregon Duck football game that is just now two weeks away, just over two weeks away. Cannot believe it. It's already coming around the corner like that. You can still go on us. We're sending you there so you can come down here, put your name in the box, and we will pull a name here coming up sometime in this hour. We will get to that. We are broadcasting live through the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy and online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you would like to listen live and you are not around your radios, not with us on television on SWX Montana, that's all right. You can go ahead and get online. Go to the 1029ESPN.com website, listen Live on the Listen Live tab. That's called a stream, and it's brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you'd like to call 329-1899, the phone number, 329-1899, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. We are going to do a not surprisingly football-heavy type of show here today. Colter Nuanez, how you doing, my man? Good to see you. Loving it. I've been
0: in a good mood today ever since we recorded our First Big Sky Breakdown for the 2019 That's season. Right. You can check that out tomorrow, SkylineSportsMT.com. I haven't told Ryan yet, but it'll be, it'll be his responsibility to produce and upload it because I will be gone. I'll be on the highway regardless. I thought it was a very good...
1: I'm not co- doing it.
0: <laughs> Ryan has produced all sorts of Skyline Sports content. I am Louise. very proud of him. He wrote a column. I'm exhausted. It only, it only took him 17 hours. He also... Talked about a variety of very wide ranging, broad, and deep topics from pregnancy tests to the meaning of college football <laughs> on the big sky, which are kind of one and the same,
1: actually. <laughs> Regardless, I no,
0: I, th- I honestly, you know, sometimes Ryan and I prepare big time, and sometimes we don't. And today, we opened up the mics and just talked about college football
1: on the podcast
0: as a whole, yeah. on the podcast, and we talked about. Yep what it means, why is it so important, why, why, why does it resonate with us so much, why does it make us feel the way that we do? And I, I, it's a really, I thought it was a really good conversation that we had. So check that out, scotlandsportsmt.com. We'll have that up tomorrow leading up to Montana's game at South Dakota. Uh, but I've been in a good mood ever since then because I thought it was a good conversation.
1: Well, it was a good conversation. We can probably delve into little parts of it here as well because it is, it's no longer the eve of football It is football day. It's happening right now. Kickoff, what, Cincinnati, UCLA, followed by Utah, BYU on ESPN television. And if you want to see a really close game, Texas A&M will play Texas State on the SEC Network. You can go check that out. Believe me. 33 and a half? I got it on the record, my friend. 33 and a half. uh, Well, give me the Aggies. Uh Coulter, uh, by the way, we are going to pull names out. We did get started on the Rams at the end of the show yesterday. We have not forgotten about that. Coulter had them at 4-2 and two going into the seventh game of the season, so we will finish out what he thinks the Rams' schedule is going to be, where they're going to hang out uh, and end up. At the top of the hour, excited about this. Our ESPN roundtable, if you caught it yesterday. If not, we will have it for you again. Uh, Sean Rainey, the subject of our roundtable discussion uh, this week. Obviously, Sean is uh, a good friend of the show, uh, an outstanding uh, television sports broadcaster in fact the sports broadcaster of the year for television across the state of Montana Uh, and uh, he sat down with us to talk to us about what he does and I think he comes from a unique perspective because Coulter you and I are you know native Montanans and so it there's people who get a tie to this place and stick around there's a lot of people though who come into small markets not just in Montana but all over the place especially in media as a place to kind of cut your teeth Learn a little bit, get some experience, and then move on to the, you know, up up the ladder, as it were. Whether it's actually up is an open question, but down the ladder, depending. Uh, but Sean is a guy who grew up in Southern California, but in a small town. He did not grow mm-hmm. up in, mm-hmm. in the Los Angeles, San Diego Basin. He's up in, in the mountains there, but came to Montana to go to the University of Montana, but got into sports journalism and has stayed in Montana and is probably – uh certainly one of the longest-standing uh, Montana sports anchors and sports journalists around for television and uh, and and continues to be here and do great work and make it his home. And I think it's a, a cool discussion that we had with him, so we'll have that for you at the top of the hour. And we will, of course, talk about our predictions for this weekend uh, because Coulter is not here tomorrow, so we will do that today uh, as well. Coulter, wait, now, are you leaving today or are you leaving tomorrow?
0: No, I'm leaving early in the morning. I got... <laughs> man. I've been up till three three thirty in the morning,
1: four nights in a row now, but uh, four. You mean your entire adult life?
0: No, I, I'm a I'm a twelve thirty one guy. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. Three thirty is pretty late. You know,
0: because you got this new job for me where I actually have to show up places before yeah, three o'clock in very, the afternoon. You're
1: you're well. It's also interesting to get a paycheck, isn't it? <laughs> Kind of a new thing for you. Yeah, you're right. You know yeah. the, d- the direct
0: yeah. deposit via PayPal straight to the nice bank looking, account. Nice
1: looking shirt you got. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you're I welcome. Mean, I'll teach you how to shop someday. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I only wear free stuff. <laughs>
0: Clothes he found in the road. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I have uh, a couple more stories I got to produce tonight, and mm. we're hitting the road to the gorge. But uh,
1: you're going to Dave Matthews Band. for I am? three. In a row for the whole I, deal. Uh, whole I, actually, I
0: actually cannot do the full three. Okay. I have uh, so the only thing in the world that's more important to me than Dave Matthews. That's actually not true. There's a lot of things that are more important to me. You're, but I love Dave Matthews for yes, sure. Yes, yes. But, uh, no, but my my nephew's... Third birthday. Oh on my! By the gosh. way, four
1: o'clock. You're invited. PM. Sunday. We'll, uh, yeah, well, I'm also going to be in the city Oh, you'll, of be, a, you'll be in the yes.
0: Okay. Oh, you'll be right up the road from me. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll call you, tell him you to come pick well, me up.
1: You, you you fall asleep in an inner tube and just come on downstream and you will uh, end up on uh, uh, somewhere near where I'm at, man. That's that's easy enough. Yeah. yeah. So I'm
0: hitting Friday and Saturday at the gorge, okay, Dave good. Matthews. Uh, I mean, everybody that's listened to this show knows that I, I have a great affinity for Dave Matthews. I think you that the, 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 the authenticity uh, of the Dave Matthews Band live is tremendous, and uh, this is a this is a I don't want to call it a once in a lifetime, but it's a first in a lifetime for me. Mm. My my group of of longtime friends have been making the, as they call it, pilgrimage to the Gorge every Labor Day weekend to Steve Dave Matthews since about 2006. And I've never been able to go because even when I was 19, 20 years old, I was always covering a football game. Mm-hmm. Montana has opened up at home every year that I can ever remember. And last year I, I was able to go for just Sunday, mm-hmm. and it was, it was epic. It was, it was impactful. It was great. It was very, very satisfying and freeing for me. But this year is the first year I can ever remember. Because here's the thing. FCS football depends on playing FBS games across the board, except for a very select few schools. And the the Montana schools happen to be lucky enough where they do not depend on the FBS payday to maintain their budgets.
1: Even though they're both going to get one. And they're
0: both going to get one. And sometimes you do need it. And it's not as if the Cats and the Grizz are completely abstaining from playing FBS games, but it's not essential. Whereas... Portland State does not have football if
1: they don't play at least. Well, the point, point is, is, you get two. some home openers when you're you are doing that. You always deal, get right? home openers yeah.
0: because most yeah. Montana, Montana State, you know, it's all about doing the math, right? The Grizzlies are going to get paid six hundred seventy-five thousand dollars to go to Oregon, a, a, a gate against a, a home gate yeah. Yeah. against you know, say Monmouth. Yeah. That's University of Montana two hundred fifty three hundred thousand dollars. So you have to equate it. You have to you have to get that Oregon or that Texas Tech payday mm-hmm. for it to be worth it. Going and playing Idaho or whatever, not worth it. Except for Jeff Cho played Idaho his first game for natural reasons. He's from St. Mary's. You sure. know he wants to open up there. But what I'm saying is that either the Cats or the Grizz have almost for the 13 years I've been doing this have had home games on the opening weekend. So I've never been able to go to the Friday and Saturday, Dave Matthews. Well, this time, just just because of budget reasons and a variety of things. It just worked out where they're both on the road, and have no fear. I will have my computer. I will be following (laughs) the action. I have the whole thing already all planned out. But I thought, man, if I can hit Friday night, if I can get my normal content load out before I leave, and then I can hit the Friday Night Dave concert, and then I can still watch the games on Saturday, and then... Go to the concert on eight, 8 o'clock on Saturday
1: night. Great. Well, your you're certainly working rounds. me into the ground, so I hope that it works out for you. I hope you enjoy well, right, but like I told you, there.
0: Like I told you earlier, yeah, you're the most talented writer stop, at Skyline stop Sports, with even this. though you only produce four stories a year. so
1: It's exhausting it, it, it's work.
0: Just like Gary Smith. He's got his four, four stories a year with Sports Illustrated. That's, it's just like you at Skyline Sports. That's
1: right. That's right.
0: You just don't get paid a quarter get paid? million dollars <laughs> per, per story.
1: Uh, Coulter, let's jump into a few things. Listen, today is also, I know this is the start of college football officially, and that's what everybody's paying attention to. It is also the last of the preseason games in the NFL. All 32 teams playing uh, NFL preseason football tonight. And you had an interesting question about who are the best players in the NFL and why. And who the best players are is also somewhat of a reflection, right, of how do you value the positions? I mean, everybody, I think, is basically in agreement that quarterback is the most important or impactful position in football. certainly doesn't mean the best players in football are all quarterbacks by any stretch, but uh, there is something to be said for the the significance of the position. Look, I mean, Adam Vinatieri is... uh, one of the great football players of all time but i don't think anybody's going to put him on a you know best football players around list simply because he's a kicker you know it just doesn't doesn't translate and there's certain guys certain positions it's it's tough now to be a linebacker who is the best player in football it's tough to be a cornerback who is the best player in football often you can be the best in your position maybe even the best on your side of the ball as a defensive player or something like that but though Culture. some people like the Clark Fork, some people like the Flat Hood, the Bitterroot. My favorite river has always been Blackfoot.
0: We finally agree on something. Me too. I love Thibodeau Falls, I love Rainbows, and I love the
1: Blackfoot River. You know, if a company was smart, they'd just name themselves Blackfoot. By God, look at the geniuses over here at Blackfoot. They've gone and they've done it, and now guess what? They're working around the clock and around the state to lay hundreds of miles of fiber optic cables to increase Hugely, the the efficiency and the speed of communication across the state of Montana.
0: It's pretty likely you already know Blackfoot as a local partner for internet, voice, professional services, anything you need to fuel your growing business. But like you said, they're building hundreds and hundreds of miles of cable across Montana. And right now, they're expanding their fiber network into
1: Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and other regions. Find out more about what Blackfoot does. Give them a call. 866-541-5000, 866 or go to goblackfoot.com. That's goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link here on the Podbean site, or if you're listening in elsewhere, just copy the URL, drop it in there, goblackfoot.com. That often doesn't get in there, but if you were trying to take this individually, take 10, 12, 15 guys and say, hey, these are the best players regardless of, of, of position, first of all, who would they be? And B, how would you assess – what what it means to be the best when you are comparing apples and oranges compared to, you know, from from what one guy can do to another on the field.
0: And I think that's a, that's one thing I battle with, the way that the NFL has evolved, the way that general management front office interpretates positions because I think that one thing that's a little bit undersold is the intangible elements of the game. I we all look at the, at life and a lot of things in sports through the lens that we are most comfortable with. I was an offensive lineman and a middle linebacker, so that's the way that I watch the game. So the fact that middle linebacker position value has dissipated quite a, quite a bit. I mean, think think back to the the mid '80s. If we had the pay structure and the resources that we had now there's no way that Mike Singletary wouldn't be one of the, the highest-paid players in the game. No doubt. And now Bobby Wagner and Luke Kuechly are nowhere close to the, the highest-paid players in the game, even though they are among the best players. So I guess the thing I struggle the most about with positional value, it seems like there's this, this chart, basically, that exists. We all know that quarterback tops the chart, but then after that, left tackle, edge rusher, And way farther down are positions like middle linebacker and running back and safety. We've seen a lot of safeties hold out now because their value has been demeaned. I think that there are some intangible elements that those positions bring to the table that maybe belie the actual financial value of the Mm -hmm. position i mean
1: ray lewis is going to be the best player in the nfl and it's not even about where he is it's the fact that he's on the team and he's bringing you all of the things that he's bringing you in your locker room to your fan base to your you know emotional (laughs) state as you as you step onto the field and all of that right absolutely and and
0: and that's what i'm saying is a lot of times the tone setters i mean calais campbell is a guy that's broken the mold right calais campbell plays up and down the defensive line it's hard to say that a guy that has the physical attributes of Calais Campbell has broken any mold because he's broken every mold. He's 6'8", 295 pounds. But the guy is unquestionably one of the great leaders in the NFL, and he's gotten chances to do that with multiple franchises because mm-hmm. of that leadership.
1: All right, so who's your list? Who's on your list? Who's the best player in Well, football? and
0: that, that brings me full circle to my to my exact point of this whole thing, mm-hmm. is that Aaron Donald is so transcendent that he's completely broken the game and redefined the game, and it's almost as if it's not even a talking point. A six foot two, 280-pound defensive tackle is not supposed to be the unquestionable best player in the NFL.
1: Well, he's unquestionably the best defensive player in the NFL. I
0: think that Aaron Donald is unquestionably the best player in the NFL.
1: But you can't say the words, I think, and unquestionably in the same way. It's sense.
0: true. It's true. But I just think that the way that you can impact a game... With an interior pass rush, the fact that most defensive interior guys are considered
1: run-stoppers, fillers, whatever. You're
0: you're sacrificing for the team. You're going to eat up the block so the linebackers can be free. You can't double-team Aaron Donald. He's too fast. You can't stop Aaron Donald. He is going to beat you. Mm -hmm. I think that 22 sacks is an unbelievable number no matter where you, you get the 22 sacks from. It's one of the top 10 or 12 single-season totals in the history of the league. But when you talk about that coming from the interior, that makes the entire rest of your defense elite, regardless of what anybody else does, regardless of how they perform. If you can get that sort of pressure on the interior of the defensive line, it's unbelievable. But I do think that there's a lot of other guys that are in the argument. And that, that was the question I had for you, is that I, I, while I do, I am skeptical of the Positional values, because I do think a guy like Bobby Wagner is as important to his team as anybody in the league, even if his production isn't equated on the same level as a guy like Aaron Donald. My question for you is, the mold basically says that the two most important things in football are passers and pass rushers. So therefore, I think that the guys that would gravitate towards the top of the list are Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack and Von Miller defensively, and then probably Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees offensively. What is more important, quarterbacks or pass rushers? Quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. It's not close. You even say that con- considering that a guy like Von Miller, his hot streak won the Denver Broncos a championship.
1: All three of those guys that you just named defensively are better at what they do as far as I'm concerned than any of the quarterbacks are at what they do. Except for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> maybe. Here's the thing, though. What those guys do, and nobody, nobody really seems to appreciate the skill that they have in terms of what they do because it's very nuanced and it's hard to see. But what you can't argue is the get-off, the burst, the bend, the hip angle, the strength, all of those things. And those are both incredibly natural and also incredibly honed gifts and skills that they have. And no one can replicate that. So it's very difficult to sit here and say that Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees is a better football player than Khalil Mack. It's like, well, take your shirts off and let me make that You know <laughs> right. what I mean? But the fact of the matter is, is that what they do – the, the skill of the position of quarterback is on display every single play for better or for worse it's it is it is it comes to the forefront it comes to the surface every single time right and that is Uh, and and because it's more important and, frankly, is more difficult. Like, just because these guys are so good at what they do defensively, it just isn't – there aren't as many things that you need to know or figure out or learn or understand to do those jobs and do them at an elite level. And so the guys who can do it at an elite level, quarterback-wise, are just doing more as a requisite for the job. And so they are better in that respect than the other guys are. I would also you, say. Do you really believe that? Because, yes, I really believe Because
0: that. Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers know what they're doing on every play. They are dictating what is happening. Khalil Mack has to react. That's to what's right. happening. Yes. That's harder. No, it's not. Playing defense is way harder. In NFL. You, it's you, way harder than football.
1: You, you are wrong about this. You are just arguing to argue. The dictating what it is that you want to do is, in fact,. Knowing everybody, everywhere where they're at, and by the way, but it means you can
0: mentally made. master it though through study, whereas you cannot mentally master what Khalil Mack will
1: have to react but to during the, first, the scope of the season. First of all, when you say dictate, I mean it's that's it's a little it's not hundred percent. Aaron Rodgers does not go out there and go, "Okay, I got the pieces where I want them. Now I'm going to throw it here, guaranteed." He does do that from time to time. In fact, he may do that even. On a, on a relatively regular basis. But there are plenty of times where what he had in mind to do ain't there or the thing that he thought was going to be there isn't there or when it was it was a, a frontside man-to-man and a backside zone. And, you know, I, I don't know all of the different variations that they can come up with that, do, that is an attempt by the defense to dictate. The reason the offense dictate, dictates and the quarterback does is he's got the ball. He makes sure. the choice about what's going to happen. So defense is necessarily reactive.
0: You can get a perfect score on a test if you study hard enough. If you never knew the questions, not me. In, if you knew the, if you never knew the questions in the first place, ever until the question was asked and you will never get asked the same question again no 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 you will not get a
1: perfect score that's, that's that's a poor analogy because it's not as if you don't have the questions to the test defensively they're up there just like everybody else everybody's standing out there and can see where everybody's at in fact the offense is far more often in the place where they're going to be than the defense who's standing up mingling around like they're hanging out in the foyer of their local synagogues i mean my goodness they're out there just chatting with themselves until the snap <laughs> of the ball happens so that the de- so that the offense can <laughs> know where they're going to go. But what I'm saying to you is that the options that are available to a quarterback are many on any given play. And even if he's got a great idea, oh, this play, like, I see it. I've got it. I've got, there's plenty of plays where the quarterbacks go, gotcha, gotcha. Before the snap, I know where I'm going, and I've got you beat. Right. And so that happens, but it, it also doesn't happen. And by the way, the only reason it does happen is because of the element of study that's gone into it. And so that in itself is a major part of what they do. So you have to be better mentally to be a quarterback than anything else, and also the ability then to actually execute the thing is is amazing.
0: I just think that one of the most overplayed narratives in the NFL is the notion of an elite quarterback because I don't think it's untrue. I think that when a quarterback catches a hot streak like Drew Brees in 2011, like Aaron Rodgers when the Packers won the Super Bowl, That's a real factor, and 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 when it happens, it is the number one factor in winning at the highest level in football. But I also think that the national media at large has not played up the other side of the coin. There has been plenty of Lawrence Taylor-led teams, the New York Giants that beat the greatest team in the history of football, the New England Patriots. They they won because of David Tyree's miracle catch, but they also won – because of Jason Pierre-Paul and because of Michael, Michael Strahan yeah. and Justin Tuck, Von Miller was the catalyst to the Broncos winning the Super Bowl. I, I just think that it's more even than we think.
1: Your question was not though: is the defense underrated or undervalued sure. or underappreciated? Sure. Which I would generally believe that they are. Sure, it's simply which one, which one's harder.
0: What if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for elite pass rushes, Tom Brady would have two hands full of Super Bowl rings. He's lost in Super Bowls I a couple times mean, because of elite pass rushes.
1: Okay. or 1-6. <laughs> I mean, no doubt he's 1-6. So, I, I don't know. Here's what I'd also say, though. Aaron Donald, you and I are going to be in agreement, of course. That Aaron Donald's the best. You think he may be the best player in the NFL. He's the best defensive player in the NFL. But I think that it's not nearly as clean cut as you think it is. Because well, I think Khalil a- Mack is all day long in the category of, of Aaron Donald in terms of what he does.
0: That's where it gets down to the nuances of the game. Yeah. Where do you do it? Because the pressure, Aaron, the disruption Aaron Donald causes where he does it.
1: It's, it's, Aaron Donald's unique because, to my knowledge, maybe I'm wrong, but it's never really been done before. I mean, I, 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 no, the, I can't think of it. The only guy you, only guy, only guy like
0: you can compare him to is John Randall, but Aaron Donald's substantially more talented. Yeah. And, and, and to say that out loud is insane because – John Randall is one of the great crazy men that has ever played in the NFL. I mean, John Randall has 132 career sacks as an interior defensive lineman. Crazy. Totally crazy. But
1: Yeah, 20, oh, right, 20 and a half sacks, too short of the all-time yep. uh, uh, lead, which Michael Strahan had. Yep. As we all know, fortunately it was fed to me by our producer, too. Appreciate that. So, no okay, one, okay. Announcement coming.
0: So, ex- ex- exit this specific topic. Okay. Re-enter. You, so you think Khalil Mack is on par with Aaron Donald?
1: I think Aaron Donald's better, but I think Khalil Mack is in the tier with Aaron Donald, and and it, it's clearly one, two, three, Von Miller being third. But but those guys are are separated out and away from from everybody else in the NFL, as far as I'm concerned, at this moment. At this moment,
0: unless JJ Watt can get back healthy,
1: yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and J.J. Watt is... An, is, JJ, an, is J.J. Watt's amazing. I, I, and J.J. Watt's I unique because
0: of also the position that he does it in. J.J. Watt plays a true five-tech in a odd-man front. Mm-hmm. So the he's taken on double teams like a D-tackle, but he can also rush the passer like a true edge guy. Totally. Von Miller has a little bit of an advantage because Von Miller plays standing up more than half the time, and he can use his speed. He doesn't get to... He doesn't have to get double-teamed often even unless they chip with a tight end. So tell me this.
1: Yeah,
0: NFL Network did a a poll of every single GM and director of player personnel in the NFL. And they ranked the quarterbacks by tiers. Mm -hmm. Who's in which tier? So tier one, they named four guys, the four guys we talked about. Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Two questions. One, is anybody else in the top tier? Yes. Russell Wilson. Yes. Okay, You overrate Russell
1: Wilson. No, he's, he's on
0: your list of five guys that are overrated.
1: <laughs> he is not. Yes, he is. He's Ryan Tutel's un-
0: overrated crew includes Chris McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Russell Wilson. Uh, regardless, okay, throw him in there.
1: Okay, I will because he is.
0: Rank him. Top five out of that number one tier.
1: Right now, it's probably Aaron, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. That's my list in order.
0: Yeah, A-Rodger's number one still mm-hmm. after last year.
1: Yeah. After his worst ever year where he was still through for like 29 touchdowns while he missed several games and they were awful and he still just balled out, yeah. Like, everybody thinks that Aaron Rodgers had a bad year. If you looked at the numbers, like double blind, you know, whatever, put the numbers up there in a thing and you'd go, wow, what a great season this guy had. Oh, it turns out it was Aaron Rodgers. He's just bad because it's Aaron Rodgers. And o- he is the best quarterback there is. He's the o- best. Only
0: to argue with you, if you did that exact same experiment with Matt Ryan, you'd think he was one of the best quarterbacks. So yeah, the
1: I, but I can't help it because I've seen his face. <laughs> is that too mean? Because he looks like me, you know? He looks nothing yeah, like he you. he does. 6'5".
0: You guys have actually nothing great in Great physiques. Common. Nothing in common.
1: Well, I can throw a football.
0: You're ten times cooler than Matt nope. Ryan could ever dream Listen, of I Listen, man,
1: I, I like I – like, oh, by the way, the other guy who's actually in that top tier who's <laughs> – not even in football now is Andrew Luck, but that's an aside. I think so.
0: See, I think Andrew Luck. This is such a hot take, but I think Andrew <laughs> Luck. I think Andrew Luck was one. Of, I think Andrew Luck was one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the NFL because Andrew Luck's reputation was based on the potential that he never actually achieved.
1: He did. He did last year. He did. If you watched in the last half of what last year. What
0: matters more than wins? Uh,
1: I don't know. Andrew being Luck, alive, Andrew
0: Luck, being healthy. Andrew Luck did didn't win on the level he should have won at, given the experience he has. He's no longer a early twenties quarterback. He was almost thirty. Last year, Andrew Luck. I mean, if Andrew Luck is what everybody thought he should have become when he was the number one pick, the Colts should have won, won thirteen games last year, been the number one seed in the AFC.
1: If Andrew Luck hadn't had his spleen ruptured, and his shoulder broken, and his ankle broken because he had nobody there, That's then things would have gone a lot differently but in terms of what he is as a passer, but it's neither here nor there. He's not in the game anymore. Aaron Rodgers is, he is the best at what he does of anybody. He, maybe maybe I should say it like this. His skill set is better than everybody else's. He might not be the best at actually doing it because his situation and he himself in the type of person that he is has seemed to encumber that over the last two seasons at least. So if you're talking about Look, at the end of the day, it's only an all about what you, you do out there on the field. Then then I could be persuaded elsewise. But now all we're talking about is a history lesson. If you're asking me who's the best, though, did Aaron Rodgers is the best. He is the best.
0: It's it's such a fascinating analysis because
1: it's, it's weighing eye test and singular performance against legacy. Let me ask you this. You and I not like, love, capital L, capital O-V-E, Patrick Mahomes. Certainly. If Aaron Rodgers was the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, what do you think would happen? I mean, that's all I'm saying. If you, if you, he's got Devontae Adams and everybody here at Stocks as his wide receiver core. Like, that's the group that he's got to throw to. He's got a 30 year old head coach, and he's got a good he's got a good offensive line, he's got potentially a decent running back, but he's had he's never had anything like and by the way, neither has Tom Brady by and large, <laughs> save for you know, Randy Moss and of course Gronk. But I mean, isn't he's done it with a lot of guys who haven't been, you know, the the, the the greatest of all time either and he's obviously won far more than anybody including Aaron Rodgers but all I'm saying is if you put Aaron Rodgers in a different scenario than the one that he's in it's going to go very differently so if we're taking if we're extracting the guy out and talking about the individual he is the best player
0: it's a it's a double-edged sword because you think Tyreek Hill is better than any receiver that the Packers have save maybe Devontae Adams but if Tyreek Hill didn't play with Aaron Rodgers, or excuse me, didn't play with Patrick Mahomes, would you even know who he was?
1: Well, if he played with Aaron Rodgers, you would.
0: So much of it's about fit, though.
1: It is, 100%.
0: Like, how good would Deshaun, what, what would we think of Deshaun Jackson if he would have played with Tom Brady what a, what or we, Drew Brees? Or,
1: or played for Andy Reid. You know, that I mean, that, that which he did for a while, didn't he, right? In he Philadelphia? Did. He did. And he, was, he made his mark at that time. No doubt. So... It, 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 I mean, it all, that's why it's what? The consummate team game, right? Like it's, it, and that's why having discussions of individuals like this is, you know, it's fun to do for a while. But there's going to be no consensus on this. The only consensus is that unquestionably Russell Wilson is in the top five in the tier with the other four. It's 2Tel is 1029 ESPN Radio. We are at Stockman's Bar downtown. Come on down. A Missoula original. Hang out with us. Get yourself a couple of Widmer Hefeweizens. Enjoy the afternoon on a Thursday. College football kicking off in a half an hour. You can come down here, watch the games on the screens. A proper start to the college football season down here at Stocks Bar. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Hey, you want to win tickets? You want to win tickets to the Grizzly Oregon Duck football game? See about giving those away right after this. Two Tell Nuan is ESPN Radio SWX Montana Television.
0: You know, guests the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody.
1: No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport. Easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides.
0: That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere.
1: Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got
0: you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests.
1: The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call very simple, easily memorizable number 541-8000. That's five four one eight thousand. 8000 The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport.
0: Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not.
1: Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you are watching us on TV, fear not. We have not become ghosts. We're still embodied, maybe embodied ghosts.
0: They probably like it
1: better. Depends on what you think. They
0: don't have to see us. They only have to listen to us. What
1: you believe about the material and immaterial realm and the interaction thereof. But we are still alive and well at Stocks Bar downtown, which is why we are not in the studio right now. Feel free, if you're around, come on down, hang out with us, have yourself a Widmer Hafeweizen, say hi to us, and uh, get yourself uh, answered to win some tickets, which we're going to pull here in just a moment. We are broadcasting live through the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway, Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy and online at kurtzpolaris.com. Uh, Coulter uh, you uh, fled during that commercial break because you wanted to you got a little uh, news So you and I the only thing we crave uh, more than money is fame And so <laughs> what we what
0: we truth. are
1: trying to do here is just you know, not be able to even leave our homes because of the throngs of people, you know, at our doorsteps. So what I'm interested in though is we've just we got a new commercial coming out. We do, and I am looking forward to uh, seeing who seeing this thing. But you just watched this thing that we produced. Uh, Blake came over uh, to the studio from ABC Fox Television last week. Another Blake by the same name, different guy, put the thing together today. And uh, and what do you think? How are we feeling about this thing?
0: Uh, well, I'm wearing the same shirt I am right now, so that made me uh, feel bad about my stylistic choices because I try to never wear the same shirt in the same season. You are so weird.
1: <laughs> I mean, my goodness gracious.
0: Ryan wears the same shirt every day. Every day. Yeah, that's not true. You only wear your uh, maroon red shirt to the Bobcat golf tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it looks good, man. Uh, makes you look funny, makes me look irrelevant, and that's all <gasps> that I really want.
1: Well, I'll look forward to seeing it, and I'll uh, look for it on uh, your TVs coming to a, uh, a a television set near you here very soon. Colter. before we... A little, pick-
0: little tease, though. Yeah. Shannon Schwinn makes an appearance in the commercial, which oh, is good really? Tee It Up segment last year, okay. and uh, <laughs> tease for next week. Shannon Schwinn will be the guest of the ESPN Roundtable. That- we had a great conversation with her yesterday morning, all about the uh, history and lineage of uh, Lady Grizz basketball, and it was... It was really good. And speaking of that, as I was watching the commercial, I saw Robin Selvig here as well. So That's it was right. all very serendipitous.
1: Everything's coming uh, full circle for everybody here. And the other thing, too, which was uh, uh, interesting about having Shannon, it was really fun to talk to her and, uh, and great to go with her. But like you said, you have, you have Robin here. We got Shannon on the thing next week. She's now in the commercial. I mean, we're just like, you know, we're, we're buds now. You know, (laughs) hanging out. It's like all official We're part of the Lady Grizz family. Uh, Before we pick a name out, we're going to pick a name out here to go to the Oregon-Duck-Grizzly football game here in just a moment. But I want to talk about this game a little bit, Colter, and I want to talk about it initially through the lens of the game today, which is – or actually Saturday night, excuse me, the Oregon-Auburn game, which is the game of the weekend week one. And this is fun, you know, because we've talked about this before – College football gets its like whole first weekend all to itself Sunday night, Monday night, the whole deal. But Auburn Oregon is like the game. Where are they playing this thing? Is it is it in Arlington? I think it's in Arlington mm-hmm. at the at da- in at the Dallas Cowboy Stadium. Uh, I'll have to check on that to be sure. It's a neutral site deal for sure, though. But what do you think about uh, the Oregon Ducks just in general this season on a national level?
0: Well, I think that this. This right here, you're going to hate me saying this, but this right here is the number one argument against a huge 16 or 24 team college football playoff. It's the biggest argument for that the playoffs start week one. Because if the Oregon Ducks win this game, they have an inside track now to perhaps be a Pac-12 team that makes it to the college football playoffs. Right. I mean, if to they lose the this game, it's, it's going to be very tough for Oregon or anybody else from the Pac-12, right, to make the playoffs. This game not only impacts Oregon, it impacts the rest of the league. Yeah. If Oregon wins this game and then say doesn't win the Pac-12 outright, this win then though will still resonate because any team that beats Oregon and in turn wins the Pac-12 will have a win over Oregon who beat Auburn on their resume. Right. If Oregon loses this game, then the win over Oregon who didn't beat Auburn, it doesn't resonate as much. The, the Pac-12 SEC crossover thing is real. I think that Oregon, for the Pac-12 to have a chance to get a team to play, Oregon's the highest-ranked Pac-12 team coming this season. They're number 11. I think the Washington Huskies are number 13. Okay, uh, Washington State is somewhere uh, maybe – Top twenty somewhere in the twenties somewhere, but I think that if Oregon wins this, they can thrust themselves perhaps into the top ten, depending on what happens around the country. And if that's the case, then all of a sudden you're in the mix. And if you lose this game, especially if you get beat down, now you're just in the teens, and you you just you're going to have an uphill battle, particularly because so many other teams in the Pac-12 don't have the national ranking, so there, mm. there's not a lot of quality wins you can go attain.
1: Yeah, you're 100% right about that, and the thing that I'm interested in is Auburn, I think, is nationally ranked like 16th, mm-hmm. but they are the favorite in this football game, and I think part of that is you know, when you start slotting teams in, it's like, okay, well, if you're the best team in the Pac-12, you've got to be at least a top-10 team or close, and so they give it to Oregon, but if you are the... You know, say fourth best team in the SEC or whatever they think that Auburn is. You know, well, you can't be, you know, you can't be in the top 15. But all of a sudden when you're playing head to head, you go, oh, Auburn or Oregon? Auburn. Now, I don't know if that's, that seems a little bit biased to me. I think Oregon, uh, I I think Coach Cristobal has. Things rolling at Oregon a little bit. I think they're going to be, uh, you know, continue to improve and be better and better uh, under him. I think he's kind of the right guy in the right spot for that right now. But is he ready to, you know, burst onto the national stage and get a huge win, like you said? But if they do, a win against Auburn, like if Oregon beat Auburn, they're going to be, I don't know, seventh? Right in the nation, something like that, they'll jump up to. And so I I think that there is, you know, good reason to think that, you know, this game puts like you said, it puts them in that position. That said, I mean it's a long Oregon's gotta play Washington. They've gotta play Utah. They gotta win the Pac twelve, both their division of it and then the Pac twelve championship game, and still probably have a no as you know, they they probably have to go undefeated, right? The the Pac twelve at this point, do they have to have a goose egg? on the side of the loss column in order to get into the 14 playoff? Do you think that that is a requisite at the I think point? that there's
0: only one scenario where it doesn't happen, and that's if Oregon wins tonight. I think Oregon, if they win tonight... And Saturday. They, or sc- excuse me, Saturday. yeah, And then they stub their toe somewhere along the lines, particularly who it's against.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If Oregon wins tonight and runs the table other than losing to Washington, other than losing to Utah, they could be in the mix.
1: Mm-hmm. If, uh, they, if they lose tonight... And then lose to either of those other two teams, they're out. Oh, if they lose tonight, there's no question you have to run the table, period. You have to. But that's also, by the way, it is it is true, three-and-a-half point favorite for Auburn, and they are a 16-team to 11-team, and it is an AT&T stadium. Um, there is no question, though, Coulter, that this is – people talk about – you make the point like, okay, well, if you expand the playoff, this isn't really a playoff game, but without the expanded playoff, this is – a playoff game. Right. But it isn't. I mean, that's my point. Like, if you lose, if Auburn loses this game, there is a way for you to get into the playoffs still. For Auburn. For, and, and potentially, we even said, like, if Oregon was to lose this game and then run the table and be a one loss team to Auburn, and let's say Auburn finishes the season as a top 10 team, sure, and, and you have one loss week that, one, you can go to the playoffs. But there's
0: just no, there's no, you have to consider it like, it's just like when you're playing Texas Hold'em or you're playing Blackjack. You always consider that the House has the best hand that they can have. So you always have to consider that the teams that you're not going to play at all, that are in different conferences, are going to have the best hand that they can have. Mm-hmm. If you lose this game tonight, if you're Oregon, you cannot overtake a zero or one loss LSU team, Ohio State team, Clemson team, Alabama team,
1: Georgia team. You no, can't. No question. And, and, and you just lost Auburn, so you, don't, you can't overtake them either. If you lose – whoever loses this game, it's a very, very unlikely road to see, get there. See,
0: but that's the thing, though. It's but you're so not much, out. It's so much less of an unlikely road for for Auburn because of the SEC bias. And I don't, don't, I don't necessarily think that the SEC bias is wrong,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but if you're Auburn – you have multiple games left on your schedule. I don't know what Auburn's schedule is. I don't know if they play all three of the other SEC powerhouses. Yeah. But I guarantee you they play at least two. I know they play Alabama.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. So if you're Auburn, you lose they
1: tonight. Believe they do play Alabama.
0: You're, uh, you're yeah. Auburn. You lose tonight and say you lose another time. Yeah. Whether it's to Georgia or LSU or Tennessee or South Carolina or whoever it might be. Yep. Yeah. And you're a two-loss team going to the Iron Bowl. You beat Alabama, you are in the conversation to go to the college football playoffs, period. Yep. Yeah. Whereas, whereas when you're Oregon, you don't have that other game out
1: there. That way to like Because Utah and it.
0: Washington are both good, but they're not Alabama. They're not Georgia. They're not LSU. So you don't have a way to thrust yourself into the playoff picture. Well,
1: again. let's send somebody to the Grizz-Oregon game, and maybe that will be the game that Oregon takes their final fall in. What if Montana beat Oregon? I mean, let's save it. <laughs> okay, let's just save it. We're going to save that conversation yeah, it, for now. Right now, Coulter, let's pull a name out of this box. Somebody from Stocks Bar. And there's more names in this thing than there is. Oh, this, th- is, this, is, this one's this Oh, look stuff. at this. We even
0: got a Skyline Sports. Yeah. Can I go?
1: No, you cannot pull your own card out of there and go to the thing. So to go to the Oregon Duck-Washington football game, excuse me, Oregon Duck-Montana football game, September 14th in Eugene, Oregon. It's time to pull a ticket. This one from Stocks Bar. Coulter, who we got?
0: James Rayleigh, Raleigh, Raleigh, James something. James.
1: James is good. Congratulations to James. Uh, we'll give James a call here and uh, and see if uh, he's around and wants to go over to the game. We'll see what we can do. So congratulations to him. We'll pull another ticket if we uh, are in, unable to uh, track him down here a little bit later on. It is 2Tone Nuanus, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We are live on location at Stockman's Bar downtown. Come on by, have yourself a drink, get yourself a uh, 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 spot next to us here at the table, and enjoy your Thursday afternoon. You can even get some Adobe Teriyaki, they got it all going on here uh, at Stocks. Great spot downtown Missoula. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We started on how good are the Rams going to be. We will finish that conversation right after this. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed. guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Got to have it. You sure do, man. You need to eat
0: your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that stuff in.
1: Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana. Through Bozeman and around Gallatin County, more than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing.
0: Impressive. Innovative. And a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing.
1: Click on the link below. go slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana.
0: So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now.
1: It's a good day to be alive my friends. Football season is here, at least the college version of it. It is Tutel Nuanas. 102.9 ESPN Radio SWX Montana. We are live from Stockman's Bar downtown. Come on by, hang, hang out with us, watch some football on the televisions, get yourself a Widmer Hefeweizen and hang out for a while. Top of the hour, Sean Rainey going to be bringing you his interview, the ESPN Roundtable with Sean this week. Great to talk with him. Stick around for that. We will get into now, though, the Rams schedule. We are broadcasting through the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Seely, and online at kurtzpolaris.com. Coulter yesterday we started with the Los Angeles Rams. We've been trying to highlight some of the Either regional or sort of impactful teams around the NFL as we count down to NFL season, which, by the way, regular season one week away. Packers Bears from Soldier Field next Thursday. Colter, good gracious, Are you kidding me? What a day this is going to be! Anyhow, uh, the Rams obviously in the Super Bowl last year, controversially in the Super Bowl, uncontroversially losing the Super Bowl in. Honestly, what was one of the lamer Super Bowls that I can recall? I mean, it was it was not that fun to watch. Interesting because it was close and all that, but just brutal. Nonetheless, uh, they uh, have a great team, and as you look across the landscape of the NFC, um, you think that they're, they, even with you know potential Super Bowl hangover, however you want to talk about that stuff, seem to be unquestionably a playoff team, and uh, and probably one of the top four teams at least maybe one of the top two teams in the entire conference again this forthcoming season I think a lot of that hinges on Todd Gurley I'm very skeptical very skeptical about Todd Gurley uh just from a health standpoint not at all about who he is as a player unbelievable player but you know the knee I know what it is to have a little bit of arthritis and if that's what's going on sounds like it might be I mean I understand it's a pain management thing but Pain is pain, man, and then you can only do what you can do. And the way that that went last year and sort of the lack of usage down the stretch it was very, very bizarre. And so anyway, that's one part of it. They do get Cooper Cup back, and that's a significant get. Uh, they lose in Dominican Sue, but they bring in some other folks, Clay uh, like Matthews in particular defensively. So this is going to be a really good team again in Los Angeles with Sean McVay. We started going through, Coulter, their schedule. And you had them through the first six weeks. At four and two against the uh, Panthers, Saints, Browns, Bucks, Seahawks, and 49ers. Uh, four, and I say, station two. Four and two. Through the first six games. So let's finish this thing off as they are uh, on the road in Week Seven at the Atlanta Falcons. Win or loss. Win. Okay, five wins to two losses. Then they host the Bengals. Win. Then they are on the road to Pittsburgh against Win. the Steelers. Really. Okay. They host the Chicago Bears. Win. Boy, they are rolling. Listen, if they get to 8-2 and two after tho- winning those games, sign sealed and delivered. It's a done deal. Ravens at home. Win. Cardinals in Arizona. Win. Seahawks in Los Angeles. Mm. Win. <laughs> 49ers in San Francisco. Or in the bay as it were. Loss. Beat the beat the Seahawks but lose to the Niners.
0: I mean, I'm just hedging my bets here. I think the Rams are gonna be eleven and five or twelve and four.
1: Cardinals at Rams. Win. Okay. Twelve and three. I'm missing one somewhere. But uh, in any case, I,
0: mean, I, th- I think the Rams are 11 or a 12 win team. They were a 13 win you team already last got them to
1: 12, year, 12. So we'll say fourth loss in there. Call them 12 and four. Yeah, I mean,
0: I think they're 11 or a 12 win team. I think a lot of it has to do with the health of their team. I think that, uh, I think that the Rams, the sum of the parts, are much greater than the individual parts themselves. They need. I think Robert Woods is the most expendable of their skill players. Although I think he's good. But they need, they absolutely, for their office to function, they have to have, in order, Todd Gurley, Cooper Cup, Brandon, Brandon Cooks, Jared Goff, healthy. Jared Goff's actually probably the most expendable besides Robert Woods mm-hmm. of the group. But Brandon Cooks, they have to have his speed. That changes the entire complexion of what they do. They have to have Todd Gurley because they run so much play action. That's their bread and butter. And they have to have Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup is the guy that makes the whole thing work. He's the guy that breaks the mold. Everybody else is running route trees with each other. Cooper Cup can break the. Uh, Cooper Cupp can change the play because Cooper Cup's running an option route mm. when everybody else is running a defined route. So when Cooper Cup breaks it off and runs the post, now everybody else does something different, and/or the quarterback has a different read based on what the safeties react to what Cooper Cup does. That's why he's so special. That's why he's one of the five
1: best slot receivers in the NFL. Uh, I want to ask, I want to talk about the the Rams through the lens of the NFC West briefly. I'm higher on the Seahawks than you are, but I think... Because
0: you're overrating Russell Wilson.
1: Well, no. No, I'm not. I'm accurately rating Russell Wilson, and I think that the Seahawks are better defensively than what you think they are, too. But the point is, the Rams are better than the Seahawks. Nobody's arguing that point in, in terms of what they are right now here today. Being better doesn't necessarily mean that you end up better, but they are the better team the Los Angeles Rams are. I don't know, actually, what you think about this. My, my position is that the Seahawks are clearly the second-best team in the NFC West, and I got the San Francisco 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals as the third and the fourth team, and I'm not really sure how to think about that. But the other thing, though, and this is what I want to ask you about, is that I think the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers are two of the biggest question marks and wild cards in the NFL. And what they could be, each of them, if if things fall right for them, if Jimmy Garoppolo is who a lot of people thought that he was, who, you know, Bill Belichick was evidently fighting to keep over Tom Brady or to be the next, you know, the the next in line after Tom Brady, or if Cliff Kingsbury really is the offensive genius and Kyler Murray is, you know, meets his potential as a rookie, you know, all that kind of stuff. These are two teams that are very, very intriguing. Now, I still don't think that these two teams are prepared to make any kind of significant playoff noise, perhaps even to make the playoffs. What I would like to know from you is in a not, 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 not magic you know unicorn pie in the sky but in a very good case scenario where these teams meet their potential of what they could be this season what do you think is the ceiling for the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers and how would that impact potentially the Los Angeles Rams
0: <laughs> that is such a good question because i honestly i honestly think that the Arizona Cardinals have the 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 widest gap between their ceiling and their floor of hmm. any team in the last 20 years in the NFL. I really think that. Hmm. You could totally talk me into Arizona winning 11 games. You, you totally could. If, Clint, if Cliff Kingsbury's offense takes the NFL by storm, people don't have a reaction to Kyler Murray. People don't have a game plan for Kyler Murray. They could just straight up win five or six in a row out the gates before somebody makes an adjustment. And then they can just stumble 500 down the stretch and still get to 10 or 11 wins. Or
1: they could win. Two Kyler games. Murray could yeah. just be a
0: total flop. I mean, at one point, Kyler Murray was a projected fourth-round draft pick. He ended up going number one overall because of a decision to hire a coach that runs an offense for him. Yeah. If that offense shreds the league, they could disrupt the entire apple Cup. They, they could be a top-six team in the NFC and steal a playoff spot from a whole bunch of other teams that think that they're entrenched in that playoff picture, including the Packers, including the Vikings including the Falcons, the Panthers, on down the line, even the Eagles. Mm -hmm. The only team I think that is definitively immune from – I think the Rams are a playoff lock in the NFC. I think Mm -hmm. no one else is. No one. I think there's –
1: Not even the Saints? You don't think the Saints are a lock?
0: I think the Saints are a playoff
1: lock, yeah. Yeah, I think the Rams and the Saints are a playoff lock. I think the other four spots are are up for –
0: I don't think so, man. Yeah,
1: I, I don't either because they are in a harder division. That's the NFC North is the is the toughest division in the NFC, right? Right,
0: right. And and so much about what Even happens so much about what happens in the playoff picture is about how you achieve but also how the teams you play, especially in your division, achieve yeah. and if they underachieve. Let's make no mistake. The Bears the Bears on paper are not that much better than the Vikings, but the Bears whipped the Vikings twice last year because the Vikings were way worse than they should they have fall. been. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah.
0: so when you when when you get those two wins, I mean, if the Vikings just split, now the Bears are a 10-win team instead of an 11-win team. If the Packers aren't a disaster last year, okay, now the Bears are 9 and 7 instead of 11 and 5. That's the difference right yeah, there. Yeah, that's big. If the Lions just beat you in Detroit when you're just feeling lethargic or whatever, you go from a playoff team that won the division outright to an 8-8 eight eight squad. That's the margin of error in the NFL. But I just I think that if if the Cardinals take the league by storm, especially early on, they could be lights out, and they could have they could steal a playoff spot from somebody. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm saying it's a possibility. Yeah. I also think that the Cardinals could straight fall flat on their face and could be right in line, fast tracking towards the number one overall pick again. They could be two and fourteen if yeah. it all if it all goes awry.
1: And I I I agree with you on Arizona, San Francisco. I still think is a wild card, but I think that they're still just going to be okay. Like I think that I. Think, I I love George Kittle. I love some of their really young defensive players, and Jimmy Garoppolo I think is going to be a good quarterback. That gets you to seven wins, eight wins, something like that, but not really a team of consequence in, in this football season to me for San Francisco. I just don't think they're there. Well,
0: this is something we mentioned when we were breaking down the Big Sky Conference and predicting teams in college football. The thing that The thing that goes lost on on the analysis of all of this is not necessarily how good the good teams are going to be and how bad the bad teams are going to be. It's the okay teams, not just singularly what's their record, but broadly who do they beat. I agree. I think the Niners are between a 6-9 and win team. Who do they beat, though? Mm -hmm. Do they sweep the Seahawks? Do they steal one from the Rams? Right. Do they beat the Bears? I don't know if they play the Bears or not, right, but, right. but you know I what know. I'm saying. Yeah, like totally. Th- th- when you only have 16 games in a season, when somebody that's just the okay team steals one from you, like th- the six or seven wins that the six and seven win teams get, if they come against the contenders, that's the difference between the contenders making the playoffs or not.
1: Yeah. It is to tell two 1029 ESPN Radio take a quick break on the other side sean rainey the subject of our espn roundtable an extended sit-, sit down with our buddy sean the montana state television sports broadcaster of the year we'll talk with him about sports across the state of montana and life as a sports broadcaster in uh, the state of montana we'll do that on the other side it is to tell newanas and hey it is still yes boys and girls golf season let it last what's better than golf and football happening at the same time you kidding me go to canyon river why because listen It's a great golf course. It's in beautiful shape. It's a spectacular setting. If you've been out there, you know. It's one of the premier golf experiences in the state of Montana. It also has, they have a brand new fleet of golf carts. I've been telling you about this with the shark experience. And now during football season, what are you getting? Oh, everything. All the scores on the ticker as they come through. All of the satellite radio to talk about all of your teams. They have a channel for every single NFL team on the satellite radio. Touchscreen interaction. Not to mention, of course, the entire course setup. You can set up shots, no distances to hazards to bunkers. Set up a second shot if you, you know, need a par five, residence for me, a seventh shot trying to lay up into a par five, however it might go. It's a great place to play, it's great fun, and the shark experience on the brand new set of golf cars with surround sound and Bluetooth make the experience just that much better. They even now at Canyon River have fin cycles. You can go ride on a Degnab motorcycle around the golf course. Talk about adding an element of fun and danger to an ordinary round of golf. That's the way to do it. You go out there. And if you want to go online, CanyonRiverGolfClub.com, you can register tee times there, save a ton of money online at CanyonRiverGolfClub.com. Canyon River is Missoula's number one golf experience.
2: Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not.